Our sermon text for the day is found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and then 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all humankind. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was appointed from eternity. From the beginning, before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled in place. Before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so its waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in humankind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wisdom calls out. Wisdom is a theme that I would like to explore with you over the next several weeks. And we'll be looking at various passages of scripture to see where wisdom appears and how we can learn God's wisdom from scripture. Wisdom in this first passage calls out in the voice of a woman. It is personified as a woman in this passage. This is, by the way, if you're keeping track of the Bible and theology 101 questions, Um, We've had two sessions so far on Wednesdays. Our third session is this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. And there are a slate of 25 multiple choice questions on the table in the narthex outside on the Old Testament wisdom literature, Psalms and the poetry. And one of those questions asks, how does Proverbs personify wisdom? And now you know the answer because we've just read it. Wisdom is personified as a woman in this. Not just in this passage, but in multiple places in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is portrayed as a divine characteristic, as a trait that belongs to God. Now this is significant because we humans often talk about wisdom as something that kind of belongs to us. It's something that we win or earn or achieve through long years of experience and life lessons. And I suppose there's some truth to that regarding human wisdom. But here in Proverbs, 
We're talking about something much higher, much older, much more profound than human wisdom. We're talking about something that belongs to the very nature of God. God very much desires to share divine wisdom with all of those who will listen. In our passage today, there are two contrasts that are drawn with material that had preceded it in earlier chapters of Proverbs. And I want to highlight those to illustrate what is going on in this passage today. This passage sits toward the end of the first chunk of Proverbs. If you flip through Proverbs, you might see a bunch of uh, short quick sayings, little, little bits of wisdom, little nuggets of wisdom that are all kind of pasted and jumbled together. And that's for a bulk of the book. But the first nine chapters of this book are one literary unit. They all go together from beginning to end. And we're right toward the end of that in chapter eight today. In chapter one, at the beginning of this literary unit, we first see wisdom portrayed as a woman. And just like in this passage, wisdom is calling out there in the first chapter. She is talking in the public squares, in the high places, at the intersections of the roads, at the gates to the city. In other words, where the people are. Wisdom is out there in the open, calling out to people for people to listen. And the call of wisdom is always the same. Listen to me. But in chapter 1... The call takes a little bit of a different tone. It's in verses 20 to 33. Wisdom rebukes the foolish who ignore her call in that first chapter. But the contrast now in chapter 8, in the verses that we skipped over between verse 4 and verse uh, 22, uh, the verses that I read, in those in-between verses, wisdom calls out to the people not to rebuke the foolish, but to invite everyone to listen and to gain understanding. The tone is very different. The tone is one of inviting and and calling people to, to really listen deeply to what wisdom is trying to say. The second contrast in this chapter deals with the chapter that goes immediately before it. Chapter 7, where there is another woman who is personified, uh, another trait that is personified as a woman. And this woman in chapter 7 is called an adulteress. She is a seducer. She is one that speaks not openly in the public square where the highways meet, where all the people are. In the daytime, she speaks privately, quietly, under cover of darkness to one individual at a time and whispers things to them that are meant to lead them astray, to lead them far from the wisdom of God. So it's not just a moral difference in perhaps our understanding of these women. One is kind of uh, promiscuous or, or seductive, and one is you know, virtuous and upright. That's not the distinction to be drawn. The distinction is in how they communicate to people. Wisdom communicates to all openly, publicly, openly, in broad daylight, where everyone can see and hear and hopefully respond. This is the character of God. God desires all people to listen and to respond to the offer of divine wisdom. 
God desires for everyone to listen to wisdom because God is the one who listens with perfect wisdom. God as the listener is highlighted in this passage that we've read, verses 22 through 31, in really beautiful language. These ten verses are arranged very carefully and structured in such a way to highlight something that's very important to us. It's uh, very poetic and very organized, the way that this has been, uh, has been written down. There are two sets of motion going on in this uh, in this. A bit of poetry, and they both have to do with a literary device called a chiasm. C H I A S M. Chiasm is a is a structure where um, you present one idea, and then a second, and then a third, and then you unwind it. You present the third idea, and then the second, and then the first. Uh, however many ideas you have, it goes A B C D D C B A, and, and it um, it's a way of wrapping material together. It happens a lot in scripture, and especially in this passage, in two different ways. The first. Uh, is is uh, in it's an A B B A format. The A section in the first part of verses 22, 23 talks about the origins of wisdom. I uh, uh, the Lord brought me forth as the first of His works. Wisdom says, uh, before His deeds of old, I was appointed from eternity. And then the B section is the next set of verses. When there were no oceans, I was there. When there were no springs abounding with water, when there was nothing, I was there. And then the recapitulation, the unwinding of it, the second B section is when the heavens were made, when the horizon was traced out, when the clouds were made above and the foundations of the deep, then I was, I was still there. So we've gone from no creation to yes creation and wisdom is still there. And then the final part the unwinding of the of this particular loop, the A section repeated, is not about the origins of wisdom, but now about the origins of humanity. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in this whole world and delighting in humanity, in all mankind. It's a very clear way of describing wisdom's presence in all of this creation story. And I said there's a second way. It's kind of a directional method of, of organizing this material in describing the creation itself in those middle verses, 24 through 49. The movement goes up and then down. Oceans before the oceans, before the springs, before the mountains and hills, the earth, the whole world, wisdom was there. And then wisdom has been there when the heavens were created and the horizon was made and the clouds and the deep springs and the sea and the ground. It goes up and then down. It's very deliberate, very carefully constructed to show that at the center of it is the most important piece of information. In the very middle of all of this, usually this happens in a, in a chiasm in scripture, where the peak happens, that's the main point. And the peak happens right at the beginning of verse 27. I was there, wisdom says. I was there through it all. I was there. There's something about being there, right? If you have a moment from your history where you can think, I was there, you can think back on it maybe fondly or maybe not, depending on what the event was. When I think about those words, I was there, I'm brought back to my childhood I was very young, probably three or four years old. My family and I lived in West Virginia. 
and we took a family trip to Washington, D.C. It wasn't too far away. I hadn't ever been there before, and I was really young, so honestly, I don't remember much about that trip. But I remember a little memento that I brought home from that trip. And I kept for years and years, and it might still be taking up space in my parents' house somewhere. I don't know. But it's a little credit card-sized piece of plastic. um, And on the front of it is a picture of the Washington Monument. And emblazoned across that picture were the words, I was there. And I kept that for years because I didn't remember being there, but I knew I had that thing, and so I knew that I had been there to see the... I don't know if I still have it or not, but I do remember having it, so I know that I was there. I was there. But unlike me as a young child in Washington, D.C., the wisdom of God was fully present and fully aware and fully participating and fully listening as everything was being created. Wisdom was there. Today is a day called Trinity Sunday in the scope of the church year. Um, We have in front of us a banner that is green. Green represents just ordinary time um, between Pentecost and Advent, which will happen in December. Uh, There's a whole span that we call summertime and fall. Um, But in the church year, we just call it ordinary time because there's not a whole lot of church holidays happening, not religious holidays. Um, But this first green banner, which is going to stand here for a while, has on it three uh, arcs that are intersecting. And they're meant to represent three circles that are intersecting, but the circles are bigger than the banner. So you only get the arcs. That's okay. And the image of three circles intersecting is meant to remind us of the Trinity. Like I said, today is Trinity Sunday. So we, and many Christians around the world today, are remembering and celebrating, as we probably should all the time, that we worship a God who is three and one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three and yet one. One God, now and forevermore. Trinity is unity in diversity. And as Heather read for us from John 16, Jesus promised that the spirit of truth would follow him and would come and guide Jesus' followers into all truth. And Jesus said that the spirit would not speak on his own, but will speak only what he hears. Again, the idea of listening is so important. Listening is a crucial characteristic of the spirit of God. And I think it's a characteristic of God in God's entirety. Our God is a listening God. This idea was impressed on me in a conversation that I had recently with a former professor and now mentor of mine. He was reflecting with me on the first couple of verses of the whole Bible, the first couple of verses of Genesis, where the creation stories are found, right? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, there's a joke here, Baseball is mentioned in the Bible. In the big inning, God created the heavens. Right, so you can always remember. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the first verse, but what's the second verse? We don't remember that one quite as much, but it's an important one. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
What a mysterious way to describe things. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And what my uh, mentor reflected with me about was that word hovering. Because it means not just hovering like uh, hanging around and waiting for something to happen, but it's hovering in the sense of brooding. Like a, like a mother hen would brood over her chicks. Covering over, watching over, waiting, making sure things are right, listening, waiting, watching. The scriptural image of creation in Genesis 1 and here in Proverbs 8 is a picture of God hovering, brooding, listening, waiting, thinking, taking in all that is about to happen. And being fully present and participating fully in the process. Wisdom says, I was there when everything was made. It is God's character to listen with perfect wisdom. Divine wisdom is older than the universe itself. And in every age and every location, wisdom calls out for people to listen. Wisdom invites us to adopt the posture of listening as well. To listen to the voice of wisdom.